And in all of these stories, the discharge, the bank, and countless others, the world comes back and says, no, no, ain't gonna happen, right? The world comes back and says, no, the heavy hand of the authority comes down and says, nope, ain't gonna happen. So what do you do? What do you do when the world tells you no? You turn to the perfect law, the perfect law of liberty. And that law is the law of assumption. All right, welcome back to another episode of Daily Neville. I am your host, Josiah Brandt, and Daily Neville is all about breaking down the teachings of Neville Goddard, making them easy to understand, easy to digest, easy to apply in 20 minutes or less. Today, we're continuing with the power of awareness. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about two success stories using the power of assumption, the law of assumption. I'm going to read Neville's words here and provide my own commentary as we go. This story, Neville writes, illustrates the successful use of the law by a New York business executive. In the fall of 1950, an executive of one of New York's prominent banks discussed with me a serious problem with which he was confronted. He told me that the outlook for his personal progress and advancement was very dim. Having reached middle age and feeling that a marked improvement in position and income was justified, he had talked it out with his superiors. They frankly told him that any major improvement was impossible and intimated that if he was dissatisfied, he could seek another job. This, of course, only increased his uneasiness. In our talk, he explained that he had no great desire for really big money but that he had to have a substantial income in order to maintain his home comfortably and to provide for the education of his children in good preparatory schools and colleges. This he found impossible on his present income. The refusal of the bank to assure him of any advancement in the near future resulted in a feeling of discontent and an intense desire to secure a better position with considerably more money. He confided in me that the kind of job he would like better than anything in the world was one in which he managed the investment funds of a large institution, such as a foundation or great university. Okay, here we have a very typical setup for a story about how the law of assumption is used to shift circumstances. And this very typical, almost meme-like scenario in this case is that you have a problem and you go out into the world and you try to solve it using worldly means. This is Neville when he is drafted into World War II, putting in the proper application to the proper authorities and asking to be honorably discharged. This is this businessman, decides he needs more money in order to properly maintain his home and provide for the education of his children. So what does he do? He goes to his management at his bank and he says, I would like more money. I feel that I have earned an increase. And in all of these stories, the discharge, the bank, and countless others, the world comes back and says, no, no, ain't gonna happen, right? The world comes back and says, no, the heavy hand of the authority comes down and says, nope, ain't gonna happen. So what do you do? What do you do when the world tells you no? 
you turn to the perfect law, the perfect law of liberty. And that law is the law of assumption. Let's see what Neville tells him. In explaining the law of assumption, Neville writes, I stated that his present situation was only a manifestation of his concept of himself and declared that if he wanted to change the circumstances in which he found himself, he could do so only by changing his concept of himself. In order to bring about this change of consciousness and thereby a change in his situation, I asked him to follow this procedure every night just before he fell asleep. Remember, the three keys, the three essentials. We talked about this in episode 19 titled Essentials. The three essentials are, one, a clear desire. Two, a state akin to sleep, physical immobility, right before you drift off to sleep when your body is laying comfortably in the bed. That's the state. That's the key. That's the window where you can very easily access the subconscious mind. And step three is an imaginal scene that implies that you have what you desire. Burning desire, state akin to sleep, imaginal picture that implies the three essentials. So Neville coaches this individual. In imagination, he was to feel that he was retiring at the end of one of the most important and successful days of his life. There's a feeling associated with that, isn't there? He was to imagine that he had actually closed a deal that very day to join the kind of organization he yearned to be with and in exactly the capacity that he wanted. Now, remember, this man desired to manage the funds, the investments of a large honorable institution, such as a foundation or a university. Neville writes, I suggested to him that if he succeeded in completely filling his mind with this feeling, he would experience a definite sense of relief. Definite sense of relief. Now, this is another key to the picture. Neville hasn't really talked about it all that much so far. He'll talk about it further, and we'll talk about it more in future episodes of Daily Neville. But when you found the feeling, there's absolutely a sense of relief and release almost to the point where you don't even want it anymore because suddenly you've gone from wanting and desiring and so creating an imaginal picture that implies that you have, and then you actually feel that you really truly do have it. And with that feeling of having, because you're in the state of being, requires being in order to have, once you really click into that state, there's this intense intense feeling of relief and release, and you know that you have become. In this mood, Neville writes, his uneasiness and discontent would be a thing of the past. He would feel the contentment that comes with the fulfillment of desire. I wound up by assuring him that if he did this faithfully, he would inevitably get the kind of position he wanted. If you do this faithfully, it is inevitable. You cannot hide from this. You cannot fool this law. My word will not return unto me void, right? That's the quote associated with this idea. What is your word? Your word is the feeling of the wish fulfilled. And what is the returning to me void? It means that if you really truly persist in the feeling of the wish fulfilled, if you persist in this act, the imaginal act, it must return back to you the fruits 
of the seeds that you have planted. This is a law. It is not a suggestion. It is a law. It is not an inference. It is a law. It is not a hypothesis. It is a law. It is the law. Neville writes, this was the first week of December. Night after night, without exception, he followed this prescribed procedure. Early in February, okay, a little bit of time there, two months, early in February, a director of one of the wealthiest foundations in the world asked this executive if he would be interested in joining the foundation in an executive capacity handling investments. After some brief discussion, he accepted. Today, at a substantially higher income, And with the assurance of steady progress, this man is in a position far exceeding all that he had hoped for. And how did he do it? The three essentials, three essentials that we've been learning in this series. Clear burning desire. State akin to sleep, physical immobility, that window of time before you fall asleep. And thirdly, an imaginal act that implies that you are the man, the woman, the human that you desire to be. And then the fourth step, really, truthfully, is persisting. He didn't give up after one night. Oh, I did it one night. Oh, why didn't I get my my position offered to me today? He didn't give up after two nights, three nights, five nights, 10 nights, 20 nights, 30 nights, 60 nights. He persisted. He persisted. And because of his persistence, because of his importunity, remember the story of the judge, because this woman bothers me, Because she keeps troubling me, I will give her justice. Same with this state. Because he persisted night after night without exception, he couldn't but help attract one of the managing directors of one of the wealthiest foundations in the world to come and ask him to join their organization. It was inevitable. His desire was a prophecy. All right, moving on to our second success story for today. This is the eighth case history shared by Neville. The man and wife in this story have attended my lectures for a number of years. It is an interesting illustration of the conscious use of this law by two people concentrating on the same objective at one time. This man and wife were an exceptionally devoted couple, Neville writes. Their life was completely happy and entirely free from any problems or frustrations. For some time, they had planned to move into a larger apartment. The more they thought about it, the more they realized that what they had their hearts set on was a beautiful penthouse. In discussing it together, the husband explained he wanted one with a huge window looking out on a magnificent view. The wife said she would like to have one side of the walls mirrored from top to bottom. It's a very 50s thing to do, huh? A mirrored wall from top to bottom. They both wanted to have a wood-burning fireplace. And it was a must, a requirement, that the apartment be in New York City. For months, they had searched for just such an apartment in vain. In fact, the situation in the city was such that securing any kind of apartment was almost an impossibility. Apartments were so scarce that not only were there waiting lists for them, but all sorts of special deals, including premiums, 
the buying of furniture, et cetera, were involved. New apartments are being leased long before they were even completed, many being rented from the blueprints of the building. Early in the spring, after months of fruitless seeking, they finally located one which they seriously considered. It was a penthouse apartment in a building just being completed on Upper Fifth Avenue, facing Central Park. It had one serious drawback. Being a new building, it was not subject to rent control, and the couple felt the yearly rental was exorbitant. In fact, it was several thousand dollars a year more than they had considered paying. During the spring months of March and April, they continued looking at various penthouses throughout the city, but they always came back to this one. Finally, they decided to increase the amount they would pay substantially and made a proposition which the agent for the building agreed to forward to the owners for consideration. It was at this point, without discussing it with each other, each determined to apply the law of assumption. It was not until later that each learned what the other had done. Night after night, they both fell asleep in imagination in the apartment they were considering. The husband, lying with his eyes closed, would imagine that his bedroom windows were overlooking the park. He would imagine going to the window the first thing in the morning and enjoying the view. He felt himself sitting on the terrace, overlooking the park, having cocktails with his wife and friends, all thoroughly enjoying it. He filled his mind with actually feeling himself in the penthouse and on the terrace. During all this time, unbeknownst to him, his wife was doing the same thing. Several weeks went by without any decision on the part of the owners. But they, the couple, continued to imagine as they fell asleep each night that they were actually sleeping in the penthouse. One day, to their complete surprise, one of the employees in the apartment building in which they lived told them that the penthouse there was vacant. They were astonished because theirs was one of the most desirable buildings in the city with a perfect location right on Central Park. They knew there was a long waiting list of people trying to get an apartment in their building. And the fact that a penthouse had unexpectedly become available was kept quiet by the management because they were not in a position to consider any applicants for it. Do you hear the bridge of incidents being built here? Do you hear the bridge of incidents being built for the perfect fulfillment of the desire? It's a recipe. It's A plus B equals C. Happens like this over and over again. You, wherever you're sleeping, right, in your imagination, that's where you belong. The world will orchestrate all of the details to make sure that you get what you faithfully assume you already have. Upon learning that this apartment was vacant, this couple immediately made a request that it be rented to them, only to be told that this was impossible. The fact was that not only were there several people on the waiting list for the penthouse in the building, but it was actually promised to one particular family. Despite this, the couple had a series of meetings with the management, at the conclusion of which the apartment was theirs. The building being subject to rent control, their rental was just about what they had planned to pay when they first started looking for a penthouse. The location, the apartment itself, and the large terrace surrounding it on the south, west, and north 
was beyond all of their expectations. And in the living room on one side is a giant window, 15 feet by eight feet, with a magnificent view of Central Park. And one wall is mirrored from floor to ceiling, and there is a wood-burning fireplace. I love these success stories. I love these success stories so much, in particular because Neville is telling them. Now, obviously, being in the communities, being a, a, a leader in the communities, having the school of imagination, I hear success stories all the time. I have countless success stories that I could tell you of my own, my own personal success stories. Those are coming in future episodes of Daily Neville. I'll be sharing from my personal experience. But what I love about these success stories is this is Neville telling about the people that have studied under him and the success stories that they have had. And he also goes into detail about the imaginal pictures that they created and exactly what they did that enabled them to remain faithful to the feeling of the wish fulfilled and to remain persistent in the law of assumption to allow their assumption to harden into fact. And this is just beautiful and it's inspiring. And the reason why we, why we go over these in detail is to give real world examples of how this can be applied. And so I ask you in the comments below, where are you sleeping tonight? Where are you sleeping? Because it better be in your dream house. And I, I'm inviting you to share in detail. What is your dream house where you are sleeping tonight? Tonight, I am sleeping in fill in the blank. Tell me about your gorgeous house. Tell me about your wood-burning fireplace. Tell me about your, your mirrored <laughs> wall, if that's what you're into. Tell me about your window overlooking the ocean or the park or the mountains. Tell me where you are sleeping. Inspire me. Inspire others who will read your comments. Let's share some beautiful ideas about our dream houses and where we are staying tonight. While you're leaving that comment, tap that thumbs up button to help others find this Daily Neville and subscribe to this channel so that you get your daily dose of Daily Neville tomorrow. That's all for this episode. Imagine wisely, my friends, and I will see you in the next.